Welcome back to uh, Talking Sci-Fi with Sci-Fi Sean and... Just Randy. Just Randy. We have an exciting guest this week. Um, uh, actually, as our podcast is growing, we get more and more famous people that want to be a part of the show and want to be a guest. And I consider the uh, gentleman sitting next to me uh, a very... Uh, a very popular, famous person. He's grown. I have known this man since the sixth grade. Has been a friend of mine, um, and we're going to get into that a little bit. But let me introduce you to our Bruce McGill. Hello, everyone. He, nice to be here on This Is Talking Sci-Fi with Sci-Fi Sean and Just Randy. It is. <laughs> and, and you're just going to be Bruce today, so yeah. that's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> let me tell you, the uh, main thing about we're going to have uh, Bruce talking about today is he has actually published... A book called the iconic time box and we're gonna deal into all the details and we're not gonna give away any plot lines or anything because of course the main thing is you need to buy uh, the book and which is on Amazon I believe correct Amazon and Kindle along with the next book in the series called the quest for Pandora 5 right okay yeah. that's great well, we'll get into that but we're gonna talk about Doctor Who as well which uh, as you've uh, noticed in a past podcast is not one of my strong points I like the show I like I have a favorite doctor we'll get into that but uh, let's talk to uh, Bruce here. Uh, how, how did you get into Doctor Who? When did that all start? Oh, man, I started with Doctor Who back in the 70s. I mean, my first Doctor literally was Tom Baker. Oh, and, yeah. And will always be my favorite Doctor. But um, even during that run uh, on PBS, quite frankly, uh, I saw the Pertwee years, and I went all the way through all of the Doctors until we get up to where we are in the modern time. Right. So that's how I started with Doctor Who, and you know, you've got a favorite Doctor. I, I, I'm gonna guess uh, Tennant. It's David Tennant. It's David Tennant. It, it is David Tennant. I think he's great. Um, I I'm an Eccleston fan as well. He'd be my second favorite, I think, because I liked his style. But David Tennant, to me personally, I think, and I've watched a little bit of every Doctor through the years, even the old black and white days. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, he has the more, I think, wit that is for my type of wit, because you know each Doctor has their own style of being funny or serious or or you know just downright just wacky weirdo you know Peter uh, Davidson yeah he was wore the celery stock on his lapel and all that I thought that was hilarious you know and, and that, he could pull off a vegetable like that he could pull off a vegetable like that but you know what about you Randy who's your favorite doctor well I just got into Doctor Who after basically knowing the two of you and realizing how uh, much Bruce is into it. Uh, I like. I'm going to insult because I always call him Nicholson. What the hell's his name? Nicholson. Nicholson. Yeah. Eccleston. 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 There you go. <laughs> so that's how new I am to it. But I love Eccleston and Rose, and I, it it bothers me that it only lasted one year. Well, you know that that's true. Uh, Eccleston was a very different doctor. I mean, he's the one that basically revived the series in 2005 yes. after its long hiatus. I mean, the, the show ran from 63 to 89, and then they had the 1996 movie, which that, that's another thing, is I, I don't think Paul McGann ever really had a fair chance to no. be a doctor. Mm -mm. And I'm glad that they bought him back for that little seven-minute thing, but they're talking about now making a spin-off Doctor Who series with him in it, which really? I think would be absolutely yes. great. What was the one spin-off they did with the uh, Captain Jack... What's it? What was that? It was an organization. <clears throat> um, 
You know, I did, for some reason I did not get into that show. <laughs> yeah, but that, like the, the spinoffs, it is, it is, um, a, it's a big deal to get a spinoff anyway. Well, there, there was three spinoffs of Doctor Who. There I didn't was, know three. There what was Canine and Company. Really? There was the Sarah Jane Adventures, which was Sarah Jane Smith, who's you know passed back to her father, but. Uh, and then there was that one you're talking about. I, I can't, can't think of the name. I just wasn't a big so, fan. Was it? Gosh, I can't think of what the name of it is. That's what it is. Just some guys talking about sci-fi. We don't always remember the names, but you guys are screaming at the uh, screens and the radio going, it's this, it's this. I'm like, we can't hear you right now. Okay, so yeah. just keep screaming. No, it's just it's just that we, we're all getting older and we're getting Alzheimer's. Yes, we are. <laughs> Dementia setting in, you know. But uh, seriously, though, and I know you, like I said, I've known you since the sixth grade. Yeah. Um, you and I lost connection over the years after uh, high school and all that, and we would run into each other from time to time. Yeah, when I was a mechanic and you were at that's your, right. your father's shop. In my father's auto parts store, yes, that's right. But uh, how I got reconnected with uh, Bruce, I'm going to do a, t- a tie-in with this, is that uh, oh. we, do a, we do a small event called Sci-Fi Bartow that Main Street Bartow Not puts so on. Not so small anymore. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to be cool about it. And uh, I was desperate. The first show we I was trying to impress the powers that be of Bartow, which is impossible till this day. Um, there's some good people there, but it's just yeah. still. Um, I was wanting guests and something to really grab people's attention, and Bruce got a hold of me and said, well, you know, I have built a life-sized replica of the TARDIS from Doctor Who. I'm yeah. like, here in town? Because I know where Bruce lives, you know, and all that. And I'm like, where is it? He goes, it's in my backyard. And I took some time one day and went over there and looked at it. And lo and behold, it uh, it's not bigger on the inside, but uh, it's pretty cool. It's an exact replica. You went into great detail. I went into this. overkill detail because I had the original plans. I mean... This this particular version of the TARDIS that they use now is much bigger than the old original right, TARDIS right. that you saw in the Christmas special with Capaldi, right? And where he meets the his, his first self. Yeah, but you see the difference in the size of the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. So I went somewhere in between. <clears throat> I actually went with the 1996 uh, Hoodlin version of the TARDIS. Okay, and I mixed it, of course, with the Tom Baker paint theme, and it was just it was absolutely a work of art. The thing I was impressed the most about it until this day is you made it completely out of wood. Yes, and I made it all one piece, so it's, it weighed about 550 pounds. And Bruce and I have loaded that thing on the trailer four or five times. I'm going into this right so, now. Wow. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's how I found out. The struggle was where Sci-Fi Bartow is held in our small town of Bartow, Florida, is about two miles, mile and a half from your home. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to figure out how we were going to transport this beautiful, and I'm going to call it a piece of artwork because it's a piece of artwork. It's beautiful. Um, from his home to downtown Bartow. So I had to figure out what I would do. So I had a friend that had a, uh, a, 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 a landscape business that happened to have a forklift. So we found a trailer. We got the guy to meet us over there on his own time and come and load it on his trailer and transport it down to Bartow on a Friday morning. Because when we do Sci-Fi Bartow, we do Friday night and all day Saturday. So we go down, wee hours in the morning before, because Bartow gets crowded with traffic. Freezing cold. And it's freezing cold. <laughs> and we had this thing, and we were, and we, you had to take the, we had to secure the lighting mechanism on the top. Yeah. And just because it was real, Bruce was nervous as hell. That's what I remember the most, because you'd put so much work into this thing, and we wanted to transport it. We got it, and, he, and we were real particular. We took our time. 
We planned out the route, we got downtown, parked in the back of an area, and unloaded it with a forklift, and we went and put it right next to, across the street from the historic uh, uh, history museum, the old Polk County Courthouse, and it sat there on the side, uh, on the sidewalk, and uh, we propped it up, we had to jack it up, make it level and everything, because the, the uh, sidewalk was not level. Yeah. I remember all this, it was very meticulous. So. We got all that done because we wanted it there for the Friday night event. And this is going to be sci-fi number one, the very first one that we had, which is only one block. It's nine or ten blocks now. Yeah. And uh, so got it back. So all of a sudden, I got in the afternoon, we were, I'm back at the house getting things ready for the Friday night event. And I get these phone calls. Uh, and they said uh, it was from uh, the, the director of uh, Main Street. And it was like, why people are calling saying there's a porta potty on Main Street, and I'm like, <laughs> porta potty. I said, have they been delivered yet? Because we had a couple porta potties. So you know, when you have a big event, that's where you have to. Go. And they said, no, it's sitting right in front of blankety blank building. I'm like, oh, that's a TARDIS. That's the TARDIS. And they like a what? So I had to explain to people that have no idea about Doctor Who or science fiction yeah, what a TARDIS account. was from our perspective, you know. And I'm like, it's a it's a time machine. It looks like a a phone booth from a Britain, a time a police box. Yeah, you know. Later that day, when I was down there setting up and putting the sound up, remember I had the sound. Yeah, the sound and everything. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. This guy walks out of that building. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say what the name of it. Yeah, is, it's different the guy, now. The guy yeah. walks out there and he says, "What do we need with a?" police box. I mean, the cops have cell phones now. <laughs> and, and, and I'm just like, really? So I said, it, it's a new thing that they're doing now. Yeah. You know, it, it, this is a brand new police box. Just just right off the presses. There's going to be one on every corner. It, it was amazing because the stories of sci-fi. Yeah, we woke them up. We woke them. Is that what they say now? They got woke. Yeah, we gave them a little culture shock. A, a lot of culture shock. It, it, that was a that was a fun show it though. Was. So. It took two or three you know, years for people to come around. Oh, they're still coming around. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. You know where the TARDIS is now? No, where is it? I sold it. To a pub up in Mount Dora, yeah. and they're using it as an actual bona fide police box for the Mount Dora Police Department. Holy smokes! So that's what became of my. So she retired up there. It is back in action. Yeah, up there at the uh, I believe it's called the Magical Meat Tour, and that's yeah, that's probably a weird name, but no, that's British. The British, yeah, it's yeah. the Brits. That's the way they go. They have a great sense of humor. But that that goes to show how that piece of art, how amazing it was. For them oh. to, to use it for that. And the, believe me, the I The guy, know. when he saw it, he said, I've got to have it. Yep. Well, <laughs> when when you when you uh, subscribe to our YouTube uh, video about this, uh, Randy will put some awesome pictures up because I'm sure you have mm -hmm. a ton of those oh, pictures. Yeah, we, over the years at Sci-Fi, oh, yeah. we got tons of it pictures. Was, it was great. Uh, I contribute a lot of the success of the beginnings of Sci-Fi to Bruce because without his... Because no one had this... People would have little replicas of TARDISes at other conventions, but nothing that would uh, stand against this thing. Yeah, but don't don't sell yourself short. I mean, this guy has become like uh, the mega sci-fi guy <laughs> in Florida, and not only that, but around the country, just about everybody knows him. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. It's just it's all about having fun. We have another uh, visitor that comes that brings a, a a broke down TARDIS where he can actually put it together on spot, and he's kind of since you've of retired your TARDIS to, yeah. to his new resting place. He's kind of come and taken over, and he's one of the TARDIS builders. Uh, his name is Eugene Haggerty. If you find him on Facebook, great guy. He comes to the show. But let's get back to Bruce. Um, so you decided to write this book. 
You started out doing a film at first though, correct? Tell I, us a little bit about that. Actually, that's right. And the film actually launched at Sci-Fi Bartow number one. Really? Because uh, a mutual acquaintance of ours, which I'm not going to mention his name since I, well, quite frankly, no longer like him. I got you. That works. <laughs> <laughs> but I met a guy there at uh, Sci-Fi One, and he says, "You know, I'd like to, I'd like to use your box here, your TARDIS." He knew what it was. He knew what the TARDIS was. He says, "I would, I, I would like to do a Doctor Who parody with it." And I said, "Okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up for that." <clears throat> so the production gets along, and we actually did a small seven-minute run of the of the film. Mm-hmm. And he says to me, you know, I think we're to go bigger with this. I think we need to make a fan film. Because he had already made a fan film about a Star Trek uh, using yes. a, using a Voyager ship. I remember that. And uh, anyway. That's our little tinkle fairy. We yeah. call him uh, Randy because uh, <laughs> that's inside baseball. So anyway, continue. I want to hear this story because I don't... I anyway, um, he, he, he asks me, he says... You know, mm-hmm. I, I would love to do a fan film about this and, and maybe go an hour, hour and 10 minutes with it. Nice. You know, instead of just 30 minutes. Most fan films and indie films are like 30 minutes. And he said, but I've got a problem. I don't have a writer. And I said, well, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I sat down and I had written a script for him for his next adventure of his Star Trek series. I got you. So I started doing that and I wrote what was called Prelude to the Iconic Time Box. Okay. And I wrote the complete story, and it was, of course, a, a much smaller version of, of what's in the book here. But anyway, <clears throat> we began filming that movie, and I went through four different production companies. I took that TARDIS up to Orlando. I remember that. to the university up there. I remember when you did that. And that, and that was a beautiful trip, by the way. <laughs> a nail biter <clears throat> anyway we put it on the sound stage we got beauty shots of it I got uh, you know our, our mutual friend Chris Bowick to yes. do the soundtrack mm-hmm. and stuff Great guy. Which, which also does the music for your opening, opening. Yes. Yep. anyway um, everything fell apart with that so I kept going from movie company to movie company to movie company getting bigger and better and, and more people on board more lighting more sound more everything and, you know, I already, uh, I had to hold a, a cast meeting or, or a, a, a casting call and get a big cast. And I casted the movie twice with two different casts. I tried shooting it and we got three quarters of the movie filmed and uh, on the second, second run of shooting the movie and the lead actor quit. Great. The lead actor quit and, uh, you know, it, basically it was over creative differences with me. Right, and uh, he told me, you know, I was being too much of a of a of a hard ass. <laughs> well, you know, it's your story, you know. Well, it is, and I want it done a certain way. Yes, you know? mm-hmm. I'm directing the movie. So and here's the deal: Bruce was forking out his own money. Yeah, for this. yeah. He I didn't mean, have any financial help. Yeah, you know, I'm paying this, and I'm paying these actors as best as I can. And we were treating them like gold. Oh yeah, you were you were a part of it as yeah, well, Randy, right? Yeah. Randy was yeah. on the production team with mm-hmm. us, and uh, actually. In the original run of the movie, you were going to make an appearance. I was, as yeah. a DJ or something. Yeah. I remember that. I DJ, imagine that. DJ Sean the Con. Yep. Anyway, uh, things finally fell apart because of this guy leaving. I would have had to start over from scratch again, and right. I just thought, well, maybe someday down the road. Right now, I'm going to give up on it. And I kind of sat around depressed for a little while. 
And I got the idea, you know what, why not make this into a book? I'm good at writing, I can, yeah. I can do that. So I wrote Iconic Time Box, and I sent it off to publishers. Sent it off to several publishers, and every one of them came back with a great review. They all said, this is absolutely good stuff that you're putting out here. So, nice. So, you know, the difference came down to, to, to the money as far as who published the book for me. And... Um, Anyway, I learned a lot doing that, and uh, the the next book I published myself to keep the cost down. Right. So now I've got the two books out there. It will be a trilogy unless it goes on and does something like Harry Potter and becomes something know. huge. Yeah. Tell us a tell us a little bit about the story, because we know it's not really the Doctor Who time. No, machine, no, no, right? no. I had a I had a guy write me the other day and says, "Isn't this just another version of Doctor Who?" And I said, "No, it's not." In our story, uh, or in my story, I should say, <laughs> uh, the main character's name is Duncan Sims. And Duncan Sims comes from a little town much like we grew up in here. As a matter yeah. of fact, it's based on our little town, and I was filming here in our little town. Right, you know? right. And uh, he's in a go-where, do-nothing uh, place in life. 24 years old, has really failed to launch in life, so right. to speak. right, right. And um, he is a brilliant person when it comes to coding and with scientific theory as far as time travel, time and quantum, quantum mechanics, whatever right. you want to call it. And he discovers the key to time. And he makes his own box, which is alluded to in this, and uh, <clears throat> which was actually, you know, the, actually I was going to use the Doctor Who TARDIS, if you remember. Yes. Mm -hmm. In the thing, but I was going to have problems with the BBC with that. Copywriting. And I would have had to change the uh, facade of the TARDIS to make it look a little different. But anyway, um, well, that's where I was now. Where was I? Uh, <laughs> he was going through the story. He discovered time travel. Okay, he discovers time travel. Yep. And he embarks on this story, and of course, without giving away too much, he meets characters that, uh, quite frankly, you will never see them meet on Doctor Who because, you know, there's, there's a little bit of political correctness goes on in, in, uh -huh. in the media, and even when I was working in the industry. And uh, I've taken him to meet some, some biblical characters. Right. And uh, not only that, but I've put him in some situations that, I just don't think that would really follow through in Doctor Who. And the difference is Duncan Sims is homegrown. He's an American guy who, who discovers time travel, and he builds this time machine. And with the help of a professor, you know, not unlike this. I but, understand, <laughs> yes. But anyway, uh, he goes into time, and the whole crux of the book is, what is time travel really? In other words, I wrote it from the point of view of, what really is time travel? Is it is it something that's all exciting like we would see in Doctor Who or, you know... Back to the Future. In, back whatever. to the yeah. Future, mm -hmm. the time tunnel, any, any number of things that you could look at, even the time machine. Right. But um, is it really all that glorious or is it terrifying? And that's the way I go through it. it, it it's, it's a little bit terrifying. It's a little bit exciting. It's a little bit of, I can't believe this, you know? Right. And it, it kind of asks the question of what if, really, if you could time travel, and that's the that's the angle that I approached it from. And I, you know, I've studied science a lot, looking up time travel theories, and I looked at a lot of Tesla stuff and Einstein's theories and some more modern contemporary scientists. And um, <clears throat> I looked at all their theories. I mean, you, 
first of all, you've got the theory that, okay, if you invented a time machine, and let's say you want to go back and change something about your life. Right. Okay, you, you go back in time, you change that thing about your life, but if you change that thing about your life, then you move forward in time. You never have need to build a time machine Correct. to get back in time. It, it's a paradox. Yeah, so mm -hmm. if you do, then that completely erases what you did and you go right back to, it reverts right back right to where you were. So it's like a fail-safe almost. And then you've got the stuff like <clears throat> you had in the Star Trek series where uh, in the TV show and the movies, the original series, yes, and right. also in The Next Generation, where you can go into time and alter it as long as you're nice about it. Yeah, <laughs> as long as you handle it with kit gloves. Yeah, as long as you don't put too much of a butterfly effect and leave too big of a footprint. Right. So that was my angle on the uh, iconic time boxes to try to make it a very real story, and it's got its comedic moments that are funny. It's got uh, it, it. It starts off by asking a question. You know, it gives you a hook, and then it goes along, and you discover what makes Duncan Sims tick. And of course, his family, his friends, and his girlfriend, none of them believe in him, but right. this, this one professor does. And that's what makes the book come alive, and you know, without saying any more about it. So Duncan, you mentioned he runs into some biblical characters. Yes. Like, yes. like well-known biblical, don't give nothing away, but like well-known biblical characters. Yeah, pretty well-known. Okay, all right, all right, I'll leave it at that, because that sounds very, that's an interesting spin, because unfortunately, I've never read your book, but I've heard great things about it. But uh, I never knew that you were going that way, and that makes a lot of sense. Knowing you personally, well, yeah. that makes a lot of sense I mean, that you yeah, would go that way. I've got the Just so. Thoughts channel on YouTube, so right. you know, I, I have to inject a little bit of kind of faith-based. Sure. I don't, I don't push it in anybody's face. I've just given them something to think about. I mean, <clears throat> let's face it. Even if you were agnostic or an atheist or whatever, and you had a time machine, wouldn't you go back and, and look and see? Check out. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's that's what's in Iconic Time Box. I'm going to see the dinosaurs. I've already decided yeah. that. I oh, want, yeah. to, see, I want well, to see the dinosaurs. Well, so, you know what? You know. In, in, in Prolude, uh, or excuse me, not Prolude, in uh, The Quest for Pandora 5, that's, that's part and that's of your sec And that's your second book? Yeah, it's the second book okay. in the Iconic Time Box series, and there will be a third. That's awesome. Is there any plans into creating both of the time boxes that you've created? As a real-life prop. As a prop. Oh, you mean to build one and bring it down to sci-fi? Yeah, water? I'm not saying that, but actually, yeah. <laughs> actually, yes, there is. I, I do want to build that. I figure it will cost roughly about as much as it cost me to build the TARDIS. And um, and that was a lot of change. I, I yeah, that, that, that so. was about seven or 800 bucks. And, you know, we're talking five, six years ago or however long it was. Yeah, things have uh, changed a lot. So. But, you know, it, w the price of wood and everything has gone up. And, and I bought the finest wood when I built that target. Yes. You know? Like I said, man, it's a piece of furniture, man. It's like hardcore Oh, yeah. Awesomeness. Well, I, I hope you'll show some pictures. Oh, we will. Yeah, we plan on it. We plan on it. Because it's really, uh, it's really uh, iconic. Think, <laughs> while you're at Sci-Fi Bartow selling the book, if people could get a picture in the new TARDIS. Uh, well, it ain't called a TARDIS. That's so. right. Yeah, so it's called the Pandora, Pandora. 8. The Pandora but 8. I think that would be a fantastic prop for... Bruce, Bruce is a regular guest at uh, uh, Sci-Fi Bartow because, you know, A, I've known him since the sixth grade and yeah. whatever I can do to help. He kind of attributed me of helping him push him in the right direction or inspiring you to start going with this whole storyline. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I, and, mean, I, and I, I feel personally I owe him because, A, he's my friend, and, you know, I just I want, I want that, you to be a part of that. Is there any villains in this book? I see we got a Dalek here, and I know you don't touch on that, uh, but... Uh, you know, that is an angle that was pushed to me 
as far as when I was making the movie, they kept right. saying, we, 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 need a, we need an antagonist. Right. And Heavy I was break. thinking, mm -hmm. well, in, in this case, there's not going to be a villain per se, because, you know, I have watched movies before where they've got a good storyline going, whether it's time travel or whatever, and then they just introduce somebody that really doesn't make the movie. Correct. Now, now in some things, a protagonist and an antagonist are good to play off of each other. Right. You know, you've got just like the doctor and his nemesis, the master. But no, I really didn't go with a uh, with an antagonist in this. The villain in this is kind of time and what it can okay. do. Yeah. And I'm not saying that in later books there won't be a villain or there won't be something because you know I'm already three quarters of the way through Iconic Time Box Three, right. and I do have kind of that situation where it's not so much a villain, it's a friend of Duncan Sims who finds out what this box can do I got and you. gets his own ideas about hey I can go and change and and my right. life can be better and everybody's life right. can be better and nobody will ever know it because once I change time it'll be right. Yeah. So it's just a... Oh, go ahead, Randy. I'm no, sorry. I was going to say, so you're finding government property. Is the government involved? The government is involved to an extent because the project is called Patmos. Okay. And uh, Patmos having to do with the biblical reference of the Isle of Patmos where John the Revelator yes. saw wow. the future. Okay. And uh, anyway... I love how you've done this. I had no idea. That's really awesome. Well, yeah, that's that's what the whole thing is. And, and the name Pandora 8 is is kind of like opening Pandora's box. box. If you can go into time travel, really, I mean, think about it. If you can go into time travel, you would be opening Pandora's box because you'd be so tempted to go back and change certain events. Win the lottery or do whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, you, th there's personal greed too, but what if you could go back and, and change a world war or uh, uh, save... Children that got swept away Kill in one of these, at eight yeah, years old, right? Yeah, yeah or, or or doing it well. You know, they've already explored that on Doctor Who with. Right. I'm I'm actually gonna find and purchase this book because I had no idea. Uh, you and I have never really talked about it because when you were still filming your movie, you got. I know you had a lot of discouragement, a lot of things that happened, and all that, and I like. Well, yeah. I'm here, you know, but I just don't want to push anything, you know, because I had my own things going on. You had yours, but. Uh, I just you never talked to me about the story, and which is my fault because well, I never asked. You know, but, you we, know. we really didn't get a chance because whenever you're working on Sci-Fi Barter, and I gotta tell you, when this guy goes to work and and gets out and goes to sci-fi conventions all over the place, he's like out there. Yeah, I mean, this guy has met everybody from Star Trek. Yeah, and, and including, <laughs> I, I you remember when I went and met Ike Eisenman? Yes, I called Sean and told him I said Ike Eisenman is it. Uh, is it this fanboy show. in Lakeland? Fanboy yep, Expo yep, mm -hmm. in Lakeland. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, he lives uh, and, in, and in Orlando. Says, so. Wait a minute, now, I guys, why is that name familiar to me? And I said he was Scotty's nephew in Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. And and Sean says, I've never met okay, him. Okay, I'm headed up to fanboy. I've never so. met him. So, <laughs> you know. He did. He went up there and got his autograph and everything. I kicked it off with him pretty good, and he had another <laughs> mutual friend with me, Art Love, yeah. and. Uh, I was trying to get, because he lives not even 20, 45 minutes from here, maybe. And I said, come on down. I'll give you the table. I mean, you will sign some autographs. But he got ill after, right after I talked to him. I guess maybe I just slipped his mind. But yeah. I want to get a hold of him again, because the thing with Sci-Fi Bartow is I have no budget for that. 
I yeah. have to. It's all. It's all like a fundraiser for Main Street Bartow, sure. and I. And it's hard for me to throw some change. Watch your head. Th- to throw some change at something because it'd be out of my pocket, which I've done before, just like with you with starting your movie oh, and all yeah. that. You know. Yeah, I mean, and it's just. Uh, I have been all over the place. I'm always pushing this town because Bartow is a great town. You've obviously made it resemble that in your book and you know it's just yeah i want i want people to notice where we are and sci-fi bartow and you know the celebrities that we are gaining from sci-fi bartow i've created a monster that has many heads like king Ghidorah on godzilla but uh i think it's amazing it's just uh it's an amazing ride um please find his book and buy it it's a it, it, I, from what he's telling me i'm My buying books. it Books. I'm sorry. There's <laughs> dose now. See, I've been out yeah. of the loop that long. When, when, when you're an author, you know the whole idea is I'm going to write a bunch of books, and actually there will be a lot of iconic time box books. Probably I'm going to stop at three and just see what happens. Yeah. But I've got other stories that I'm going to tell too. And as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. me and Randy are going to release a book together. Nice. Yeah. It's a sci-fi book, I think. Isn't yes. It? Yep. Yes. It very much is. And when, when we decide what the name of it is, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keep going with it. I'll have another book out with him. Laura and I wanted to do a cookbook on drinks and some food and stuff because we have a small Facebook channel. If you ever look at it, it's called Cooking and Drinking with Sean and Lori. And we started off years ago just playing around. And you know how Facebook is. It doesn't let you show a whole bunch of crap at one time. You have to break it into segments. And we've had a lot of fun. We've made Klingon egg rolls. We've done... uh, blood wine we've done a deadpool drink we've done all types of food we did uh, jelly, uh, shots. jelly jello shots and all that and i want to get a book one day you know but uh, i know who to come to well, i want you to you create know? a drink called the pandora eight okay that will make you lose track of time that's a great it'd be right the, the, the second most potent drink in the known galaxy other than the pan galactic gargle blaster you know we can do it i'll, yeah. I'll do an episode yeah, on absolutely. it it's not a big deal yeah. we're going to be doing some shorts on drink mixing and that's all right. that as well yeah. so let's uh we'll bridge off this a little bit and we'll talk a little bit about doctor who um on the show and yeah. all that and i want to tell you a little bit more about you know i met how i met bruce and all i've known you since probably the sixth grade and i remember you would just Back in the early 80s and mid-80s and late 80s, I hate to use this antiquated term, but nerds were not looked upon very highly that liked science fiction and all that. And, you know, I'd wear my Knight Rider t-shirt to, to school and everybody would pick on me. And I had hair back then. Flash Gordon. Oh, my God. I'm bald. There was a guy that freaked out when I did I that. Did you remember that when we did that one episode? That oh, my God. He's, Sean's bald. bald. Yes, I'm bald. So, anyway, <laughs> Bruce had this ability to make things out of weird stuff and i remember the uh, duct tape star trek uh ships you used oh to make oh my god you would bring that up <laughs> oh those, were, those things it was artwork tell uh, us a little bit about that yeah i, I took uh duct tape and, and i made all the enterprises i made 1701 of course there was no enterprise at that time right you know? right but i made 1701 and uh 1701 alpha 1701 uh beta later yep and uh, I even made an Enterprise C and eventually an Enterprise D just to see if I could do it. Sure. Out of duct tape? Yes. Yeah, out, out they of were duct amazing. tape. Out of duct tape. Well, not only that, but I used parts of like uh, <clears throat> bottles and stuff like that to give it shape because you can't right. just always right. wrap duct tape up. But you, you put the duct tape on it and you get it. And, and really, they were pretty cool. <laughs> you know, you're, to, to reach into your biblical stories, back in those days, if you were a geek or a nerd, you usually got picked on, beat up, or shunned, or whatever. So 
with Bruce doing those things was like his equivalent of people drawing the fish in the sand. Yeah. The fisher of men. You know, the, yeah. you know, hey, are you a Christian? You can't say that. Back in those days, you had to draw that emblem, and that was like our sign. Oh, to like, and yeah. that, now, is, now is when you really don't say you're a Christian. I mean, when, no, you don't. When I was doing the movie, the, the, the studio people told me, said, uh, you know, yeah. when, they, when they read the script and saw what I had done with it and who I had Duncan Sims meeting, they said, Mm, I don't. I don't really think I. That's want to. Hollywood for you, though. Well, you know. I, I know that, and you yeah. know that's that's the left. Yep. That's yep. what's going on in our country. Yep. That's the state of what's going on right now. Yep. But and, um, you, and you don't promote this as a Christian book. No, and it's, to tell you the truth, this book is is for the atheist. It's for it's for anyone believers, non believers. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, even if you take this book and you say, okay, I, I've heard it's faith based. No, not really. I mean. Of course it is from my point of view, right. but an atheist could pick up that book and say, okay, let's see if I could go back and uh, meet Moses right, you know, or, or, or some other character from the Bible. Would I do it just to see if the person was real or not? You know, because I claim they never existed. Right, 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 yeah. But, right. but I mean, if you had the ability to travel in time and go back and prove to yourself, then what might... What kind of a change might that make right. on your life? Right. You know? But that's what I was saying, and I was connected to this, and is like when we were younger, you had to be careful with your with your fandom. Yeah. It was it called fandom back then? Right. You no. Know? And, and that's how Bruce and I grew with a relationship, because over the years of us drifting apart, coming back together, drifting apart, coming back together, that's just the way it is. That's the one thing that stayed constant in our friendship is the science fiction. Oh, yeah, sci-fi is always... I mean, yep. me and Sean used to sit there and draw in Mrs. Sluss's class. Yes, if you Mrs. Sluss's class, yep, I remember. <laughs> we, we sat there and draw monsters to see who could draw the ugliest monster. Yes. And, you know... Instead of doing our work that was assigned, we're drawing <laughs> fucking monsters on a piece of paper. You hey, know, so. good times, good times. It yeah. was, it was good times. True story. It is a true story. <laughs> I remember it very well. So it's amazing. It's it's amazing how we grow up. Doctor Who, best villain out of the Doctor Who se- series, all of them. Best villain, I would say, will always be the master. The master. Mm-hmm. The master. I mean, I. It, you don't consider the Daleks as a villain because they're an army. Yes. Or the Cybermen. Right. But um, they're your average like stormtrooper-ish. They don't. Yeah, they just have a mission they have to complete. With the Master, at first when they introduced him, you don't know that he's a Time Lord. Right. You know, if you, if you go back to the classic Doctor Who, and then eventually you find out that he is a he's a rival Time Lord. And one thing that I think plays out all the way from the classic to the new is. The master is always trying to kill the doctor, but when the doctor's in danger and it looks like he's going to be wiped from time, the master can't have that. Because he has no way to pick on. It's kind of like that whole thing with Vegeta and Goku in the Dragon Ball Z series. Oh, wow. Right. That's a good connection. Mm -hmm. Vegeta's like, no one else gets Kakarot but me. Oh, my God. Kakarot. So it's it's Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner pretty much then, right? That's another one. Yeah. He can't survive without the Roadrunner. What happens is they end up getting closer. And I know you're a David Tennant fan. Mm -hmm. You remember how David Tennant gets all broken up, the the 10th Doctor, 10th and 11th. Yep, correct. uh, Regeneration. Yes. And, um, which, you know, Matt Smith, since we're talking about Doctor Who. Sure, yeah. Matt Smith is one of my favorite doctors. I would, I would say my favorites would be Tom Baker, of course, always. He was the longest-running doctor. And, you know, always had that very deep... Yep. Would you like a jelly, baby? Yeah, would kind you like of, a jelly, baby? Kind, yeah. of, <laughs> kind of way about him. 
But then you've got David Tennant, which I think is a brilliant portrayal of the Doctor. But for my money and for my life, Matt Smith brought back the quirkiness, the clumsiness, and the humor. But he was also just as intense and serious when he Yes, he had some very... There were some episodes that he was starring in (coughs) that uh, it bothered me. Like, psychologically, it brought back some things from my Mm -hmm. past and all that. Like, wow, that's really... And I, I couldn't watch some of the episodes. But Matt Smith... He brought back the popularity to Doctor Who because yeah. all the the millennials, the youngins, as I call them, and all that got really started gravitating towards uh, Doctor Who once again because he was young, he was good looking, he had the style, the the swagger, if you will. Well, you know, I, I went, I went and um, got him to hold a copy of the iconic time. Did you really? It was at the uh, MegaCon a yeah. couple years uh-huh. back. Uh huh. I went over there and I only stayed at the thing about an hour. You know, because that's that one of the reasons which, you know, probably a lot of you do not know. I know Randy probably knows about it, and I know you probably know about it, but I, but I, I suffer with anxiety attacks. I got you. Mm-hmm. And have that. for 31 years, mm-hmm. or, or, or actually longer, 33 years now, time seems to slip away. But uh, that was one of the reasons that I sat down and had the time to focus on doing this stuff, because... When you get anxiety attacks, it kind of wipes your life away and it takes away all of your ability. I mean, I would have loved to have gone to all the sci-fi shows like, you know, that you've probably been to, Dragon right, Con. Right. All Which I've others. never been to Dragon Con. I don't think I can handle oh, you've Dragon never been Con. Up there to no, I had so many people invite me to go up there and it's like the convention of the year happens every Labor Day. I just don't think I could I'm a I'm not I don't have the anxiety like both of you guys do because I know Randy suffers from it as well, but it's just I'm a. I don't like being in a crowd for too long. I get like I'm suffocating. Well, that's and the way I I'm was. I'm scared I'm going to rub against somebody that's got something I can't get rid of. And, and well, not you know, that. <laughs> it, it, it costs Boku bucks to go in and get one of these people. You know, give you an autograph, let alone hold up your book. And, and I was at uh, I was at the convention that you went to with uh, uh, Matt Smith, and you couldn't get I couldn't get close to him with a hundred yard pole. You know, so yeah, that, that's the beauty of of going right in in the morning and standing there and just waiting and, and in the, yep. you know being 50 back in line rather than 1500 back in line i had some really good friends uh uh, uh, uh lawrence henshaw and my and, and our oh, yeah. mutual friend yeah, uh lewis and uh, they met us at a convention it was at megacon in orlando and my wife's relatively new she loves science fiction but she never went to conventions my wife lori yeah. which we're going to get on the show soon but uh, we went to that show and the uh, gentleman that played uh not only MacGyver, but Colonel uh, uh, um, Jack, Jack O'Neill Stargate. on it's Stargate was there, and she loved Stargate, and I love MacGyver, and I love Stargate, and we stood there, and we actually got in line in the middle of the day and went right up there, and our friends that I mentioned, uh, 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 Lawrence, he went and purchased us the photo op, and we got to have a picture with him, and that tickled Lori to death. But I know the excitement of meeting it, and it's a lot of pressure of get, meeting these stars, you know, and especially someone like Matt Smith, who was like coming right off of his wave of being right. like one of the most popular actors that's played Doctor Who. But, well, uh, you know, that, that's one thing that, that is a great thing about sci-fi Barto. Right. Is Sean doesn't say, okay, it's all about Doctor Who or it's all about Godzilla or it's all about Lost <clears throat> in Space or it's all about any one thing is everything in sci-fi, much like this show, is covered. Yes. And... You can be a cosplayer, you can be a steampunker, you can be whatever you want Author, for a day artist. in Bartow yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and go down there and, you know, 
how many people were there playing Doctor Who? I mean, we, we had Tons. like eight or ten guys oh, yeah. all dressed up as the different versions of the Doctor. And that's what I thought was cool, yes. is we had so many different versions of the Doctor. And, you know, I did the McGann one. Yep. And um, mm-hmm. uh, what what's that guy's name that does the Tenant Doctor? I, oh, uh, John. John Smith. John, yeah. Yep. Uh, I, he, he goes by a different name on Facebook. He does. Why, yeah, he does. Why I didn't... Mm-hmm. People will know him if they see him because he looks like uh, uh, David Tennant yes, a lot. Yes, he does. He like looks like a lot like David Tennant. Him and, and his him and his uh, partner Kara, uh, uh, they're they're great people. They, yeah, she, she does the Weeping Angel. Yep, yeah, she does the Weeping Angel yeah. and all that, and it's phenomenal. Yep, Randall throws some oh, pictures yeah, up. Absolutely. Oh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. I can't say that enough because we're getting it's bigger growing. and bigger, and yeah. it's it's growing. Yeah, if you want to look at my stuff, yep, uh, the Iconic too. Time Box on Facebook. Uh, the Iconic Time Box on Twitter, the Iconic Time Box on Instagram. There you go. It's all over the place. I mean, uh, the Pinterest, um, LinkedIn, it, it's it's out there it's everywhere. It's everywhere. You can even buy it on eBay, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you buy a copy of the book on eBay, uh, I will personally sign it. Oh, that's great. Personally sign it however you want it signed. That's awesome. Well, when you're talking about Sci-Fi Bartow, I do have different themes every year, but it's just that's just what we theme the poster and the event after. Just like oh, yeah, this, yeah. just like next year, 2020, uh, February the 15th, uh, we're doing uh, myths and mon- uh, magic, myths and magic, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But it's it's all about the fandom. It doesn't matter if you come dressed as Doc Brown and 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 Marty and Morty, yeah, or or a Dalek. I've had Daleks at this thing. We have a we have a great yeah. There you go. We have a fantastic car show. Randy sent me some pictures, or somebody sent us some pictures. The guy you're talking to that's got the A Team van. Yeah, absolutely. Is he bringing that thing? Uh, we're we're still working on that, but uh, all right, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, I cannot wait to see. Uh, growing by leaps and bounds. You know what I want is I want a picture inside the original Batmobile, the Chuck Barris. Yes. I'm working on that. Oh, man. We're trying to get him to, we're doing a Batman day at our local comic book store, Main Street Comics and Memorabilia. Hi, John of Virginia. Um, They watch the show. Um, It's uh, the 21st. Randy's going to be walking around live with uh, um, our our, our, uh, talking sci-fi camera and microphone, and uh, he's going to be asking some questions. Lame questions from what he's told me, but I'm going to spice them up a little bit. You know, you know I actually so. thought about going down there and uh, approaching them to sit there and do a signing, except that's not a comic book, you know? Right. But it is sci-fi. Right. Do so. you have bulk books at the house or whatever? Yeah? Do I have both books? No, I don't. No, have... no. Multiple yes. books. Oh, yes. Yes. I'll talk to you after the show. We might get you down there yeah, just to yeah, be I've, with us. I've, I've got a ton of them. I've got J&E Creations, which does our Sci-Fi Bartow Cup. She's going to be setting up down there as well. And uh, oh, Randy, Batman you got, Day, too? Yeah, Batman oh, awesome. Day. She's coming to set up. She's got some Batman Cups. i got a lot of co- Batman cosplayers coming. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I went down so. there uh, not too long ago and sat there and talked to George Lowe for a long time. Yeah, he's great. I, that, that, that really was great because I used to watch Space Ghost Coast to Coast all the time. I text message. Me and him text message a lot. I check on him, but he's doing so many conventions right now. Yeah. So. He's all over the country. So let's get back to talk about some Doctor Who. We offshot that a little bit. But uh, so the Daleks are more of an army. The Cybermen, they're the ones that scared the crap out of me. 
Yeah. It's just the way that they work. They're like the Borg from Star Trek, just about. They kind know. of are, except that in taking the raw material of a human being, they take the brain and the brain stem and yes. all of that. They get rid of the rest book. of it. Yeah. yeah. So all you get is delete, delete. What is the one episode where they? It's a like an alternate universe where they they have the. And I think about this every time I see a Bluetooth thing in someone's ear, but they had like a little Bluetooth. Device and then it actually it turned into the little Cyberman. That little, was uh, oh, yeah. the yeah. Uh, ghost. Oh, there you go, Miles. That's all right. Again. <laughs> we always the forget. The Ghost Army or something like okay. that. Well, that begins it. Right. That begins it because that's where it starts off because people think they're actually seeing ghosts and then it, it turns out that it's an alternate universe peeking oh, into our universe and then they open the doorway between them. I just, like I said, there's so many Doctor Who episodes, even as much as I love David Tennant, that I have not watched. When we were on vacation a few months ago, I got to catch three or four episodes of Caporetti, Capaletti, how do you, how's he, the, the older guy before the female doctor? Capali. Capali. I watched a, I forget, <laughs> whatever. That's, I, that's how much I watch it. You know, we get the names wrong, but it's just me and Randy. You know, honestly, uh, not to disappoint any Doctor Who fans out there, but uh, I pretty much lost Doctor Who with Capaldi. I kind of thought, yeah, he, he, he they were kind of trying to go for the John Pertwee type again. Right. And I'm not saying he wasn't a good Doctor. He was. But um, most of the writing of the episodes got to be a little bit too PC for me. And... Uh, that's the way things are going nowadays. So. That's the way it is and everything. Yeah. But, but, but not only that, he just kind of took the doctor in a different direction, which I think is good. You do need character development. Right. But, um, you know, I, I kind of quit watching it with his series, and I haven't even got a chance to see the new ones with Jody, uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't worry. We're, we don't. We forget the names. We're yeah. old. That's how. That's why uh, we, uh, Randy yeah, and I that, pushed this show. That you know? white's real. Yeah, this is real. <laughs> this is not. I would like to uh, point out that I don't like. I don't care about the PC direction and no. I think y'all no 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 what I mean is I don't care that they go that route and y'all two old fogies yeah. are going to have to get with the program <laughs> uh, ne that's never going to happen he, he's going to be joining Antifa I know you know the one episode we're talking about this uh, uh, say his last name again the doctor Capali they went to the moon and found out it was an egg did you see that episode? No. And, the, I, and there was a giant monster inside the moon. I thought that was really way out there. And they got up on there, and the the uh, astronauts had a moon base up there, and they were dying of these things that looked like tarantulas, big tarantulas coming up and killing them. Turned out it was bacteria. They weren't spiders. It was bacteria cleaning the outside of the eggshell. Oh. And then the by the end of the episode, the egg hatches, and I'll just leave it at that. But... That really intrigued me a lot, but I noticed then how deep and different direction that, that they were taking Doctor Who with that. Well, I, I have not seen going that way. Yeah, I have not seen one episode with a female Doctor, but I have friends that are Doctor Who fans that don't like it. They totally think it's totally different. Um, and you know, if you're the, a Doctor Who purist, you, you really think no, they shouldn't have done that. What they should have done is made a strong character who was a time lord like Romana. Right. You know, back in the old days. Or, or River. Well, River Song, but, you know, really she's not a time lord. She's just the child of the TARDIS. She's right. got the ability to regenerate. Correct. But, um... Spoiler still, alert! <laughs> that, that, yeah, yeah, because spoiler alert. But, uh, that's the way I think they should have gone because 
You know, Doctor Who has been an institution. I mean, since 1963, uh, it's been around. Even right. if it did quit in 89 and they let it lapse a few years and then 96 brought it back. And then in 2005, they brought it back. Now they're basically bowing to the to the modern politically correct attitudes and and as a woman in a strong no I, character. no I, I have no problem I don't I, either I, think it's I don't great because you've got women in the armed forces that are tougher than well let's face it any of us yes a lot tougher <laughs> yeah. absolutely right and, and for for women to be able to bring forth a child I mean you know how many guys could pull that crap off huh you know, I've so. taken a crap that's hurt me bad but I can't imagine <laughs> having a baby I mean well, I, I have to put that spit on it but that's the Instead truth of you taking know the character of the doctor and basically switching genders which we all know you know what that's going for yeah is take it and make a strong female time lord who's in the background i mean for uh for for goku you've got all these supporting characters in dragon balls i don't know why i'm going with dragon ball z so much i know i never hear you talk about dragon ball <laughs> well i mean yeah and it's, it's awesome something that i did get into and i, I was an older guy when that came out and yeah. I, I got all enthralled in it and and not only that, but Dragon Ball TFS Abridged. Oh, my that God. That is hilarious. I bet that is. But, we need uh, to bring up uh, 007 at this point. Yeah. No, they're talking about making 007 a woman. <laughs> well, you know, was that 007 work? is a time lord because look how many faces You're right. Had, you You're know? right. He regenerates. <laughs> they're doing, no, they're doing one one more with Daniel Craig. Uh, it's, uh, they are, and I don't think she's going to be 007. She'll be 007. There's so much crap. Don't believe anything you read on Facebook or any of that yeah. crap. It's all, it's all the, the fake news, you know, or whatever, you know. But uh, um, I don't know. I don't have a problem with a strong female character. No, I don't either. I the think Star, it's absolutely the, needed. We're going to talk about Star Wars at another uh, upcoming podcast, but uh, the newer ones where it's the one after Force Awakens. What is that next one the called? Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. They yeah. put a lot of strong female characters in there. They didn't walk on anybody. They just added them, and right. that was great. You know, yeah. um, you got you know, and people don't get mad. I don't like to get political on our show or no. anything, but you have to understand this. Bruce and I come from a different time, and it is, uh, and, and Star Trek, and I always have to bring Star Trek up in these yeah. talks, um, Undiscovered Country, when Chancellor Gorkon was dying, he pulled yep. Kirk's down to him, he goes, don't give up, Captain, our generation's going to be the one that has the hardest time with the change, yeah. and that's what we're going to, not that we're like, oh my God, I'm going to put on a robe and burn some torches or whatever, no, it's just, we have been born and raised in a different time, and yes, we're getting older. I'm in my 50s. You're getting in your 50s. You're in your uh, I'm 50s. I'm 53. Yep, you're a year older than I am. <laughs> I thought you were younger than me. No, you always no. acted younger than me, but you know. But um, we're we're getting it. We know, but it's just it's not that it's hard for us, but it's just been a certain way for so long, and we're gonna be that way until we probably go because that's our beliefs and that's the way it is. You know, you talk about movies. You know, you'll never see another movie like Blazing Saddles. You'll never see another uh, mo- a Star Wars movie with Princess Leia in a brass bikini. You're never, yeah, you're probably you, never going to see, see that again. Kentucky Fried movies yep. and stuff and, like that again, correct. because that and even John Cleese of Monty Python said, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to get away with doing the no. kind of stuff we did on Monty Python today because the world has changed. So Seinfeld, much. Jerry Seinfeld said the same thing. He can't do what he did yeah, years because ago. Because people get offended at everything. At everything. Safe place. Yes, and you know, uh, we don't want you to get offended at our podcast because we we're being real and and about yeah. everything. But you but look, you, then you look at Dave Chappelle. 
one of the most offensive comics, I think. Oh, yeah. Not really, but Richard he had a Pryor, deep... Eddie Murphy? Dave Chappelle <laughs> just came back and did a comedy show, a special, and everybody loved it, and he was making fun of the way things are now, you well, know? You know, he actually had that one sketch. I don't know if you remember it years ago about the black-white supremacy. Yes, he that, was blind. That was hilarious. <laughs> yes. But imagine... If they did that from the other standpoint, yeah, it wouldn't. The work. white black panther, or yeah, something like yeah, that, would people not work. Would fly they'd to fl- pieces. Yeah, they'd fly to pieces. Well, it's and, you know, because there's a double standard. Yeah, and, and you know, we grew up in a different time when these things were not as offensive. You know, my best advice, and we're gonna get away from this. Like I said, I don't get yeah. political. Is love your friends, love who you are. You exactly. don't have to change what you are, but don't trash somebody else because they write a, 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 a Star Trek book where they go and meet God. Oh wait, that's already been done hadn't it star trek five it wasn't good well i mean I, but you know I, I, just I what's the best way to liken this too you like star trek you like star wars and y'all are able to come across the table and be here on this show together sure right. reach across the, the aisle if you will you know that's what i'm saying if everybody could do that just say live and let live and you know if you got a certain set of values and beliefs then live by it but respect everyone else's right to believe. Don't shove it down anybody else's yeah. throat. And this doesn't go just for sci-fi, but it goes for everything. Yes. You know, so. Anyway, Doctor Who, great series. It's been years in the making. Um, I don't know how the show is going with the female Doctor. Because what, they swap around like every two or three years with actors, it, right? It's that- now every three years. It used to go longer. But now... They basically have made the rule that the doctors are going to live three years. I got you. And the reason they do that is they don't cover a lot of their lives. I mean, when you see them, basically to us watching the show, okay, we see that they only live three years, and you think, how can this guy be 900 or 1,000 or 1,200 or 1,500 years old when each one of them is only living like three years, and Tom Baker made the seven-year stretch? Right. And that's because you don't see certain parts of it, and that's how they're able to come back and meet each other like they have done in many. You know, you've had the two doctors, you've had uh, the three doctors, the five doctors, and I'm sure at some point with CGI, they're probably going to revive some of the old doctors or use actors and probably have 12 or 13 doctors together trying to solve some big conundrum. Didn't they have a... Was It, it might have been one of their Christmas shows or one of them where they... Actually, had a lot of the doctors in the same yes. scene with yeah, each other. Yeah, that was uh, that was Children in Need Day. Okay, that that was a special they did called um, uh, Time and Relativity or something like that. It, it had something like I don't remember what the name of it was, <clears throat> but they had John Pertwee, they had Tom Baker, they had uh, Colin Baker, they had Sylvester McCoy, Peter Davison, and they, uh, you know, I don't remember at that time whether. Uh, Patrick Troughton was still alive or not, but they had as many of them as they could fit into the show. Right. And they used clips of the others. Right. I, 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 as a matter of fact, I think I recall now, they had not only that, but they had characters from all the Doctor Who series. And instead of having William Hartnell and Patrick Troughton on the show, they had them kind of locked in balls, orbs, floating around as if they were in prison. I got you. Because they had already I knew passed it was, on. You know, you mentioned, Randy, a little bit ago about James Bond's a Doctor Who right. or whatever. Well, you know that Timothy Dalton, he played uh, in one of the Doctor yes. Who movies as the, 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 the commander of Gallifrey. Yes. I think it was. 
was that how I don't know if he was like the leader of it or yeah. something like that. Yeah, he was. He was kind of a heavy in that too. So you know, Gallifrey, of course, is where Doctor Who is. Well, from. I mean, every British-born actor, even Patrick Stewart, has has want, expressed an interest in at least making an appearance on Doctor Who. We've seen characters from Harry Potter in there throughout, like uh, uh, Ron Weasley's dad, Mr. Weasley. He's been in a Doctor Who. He's like a regular reoccurring a character on. Well, there. you know, they did a Star Trek Doctor Who crossover comic book. Yeah, I read it. It's awesome. Yeah, so that you know, it's it's you trust me. It's, it's going to happen. Just like eventually, we'll probably see a Marvel and DC movie crossover. Absolutely. We've already seen Tony Stark talking to Batman. Yep. In a movie, kind of hinting at where they're we're wanting to head. Right. So I would imagine we will see that in the future. It's a, it's all mix and match with all these uh, changes and who's buying what and buying where or whatever. You know, you're right. gonna you'll end up seeing a lot of crossover stuff yeah. like that. So. Mention, let's talk about K-9 real quick because we have another podcast coming up soon about uh, pets and science fiction. Yeah. Is K-9 a pet or is he a companion or how would you describe K-9? I would actually describe him as kind of like the robot in Lost in Space. Okay. Okay, because, I mean, he's... He's a tool. He, he's a tool in the shape of a dog, but he develops kind of like Mr. Data. Gotcha. Mr. Data's an android, and okay, and there's there, there's that question of is he alive or a is he not? In being, the, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's the same thing. I mean, they uh, they endear these characters like K9 or the the robot in Lost in Space to you, and they kind of give them a soul whether they've got one or not. So I, I would say that K9 qualifies as a little bit of all of it. He he starts off looking like a dog, but in the Sarah Jane Adventures, he makes a small comeback. And um, she reactivates him or something. If well, I remember correctly. actually, David Tennant fixes. No, him that's right. And, and, and leaves her with a brand new one. Right. Because he 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 martyrs himself, destroys himself, saving them at the school incident with the vampire kind of people or whatever they were. Yeah. Yeah. Bat people. Bat <sighs> people. That was one we forgot to mention. Our vampire yeah, was, episode was Doctor Who. But yeah, he he's kind of like the robot, and that you know that's another thing. While we're talking about that for a minute, I, I just finished watching uh, the, the 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 series of it, the the new movies, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, okay, th- those are good, but they're not necessarily better than what Timothy Curry did with, with the original. It. I mean, I mean, you had a host of stars in that, and it made the the it was a TV series, but the new Lost in Space series. Mind your head. I just cannot get into that because it is so vastly different from the original. Is it? Is it Doctor Smith a woman? Uh, in the in the show? To tell you the truth, since I could not get into it, I watched about two episodes of it and I thought no. Not that that matters, but I'm just saying we talked about I mean, it a minute ago. How they're the, the robot things. is an alien in this. Really? Yeah, the robot's an alien. He looks nothing like. I mean, even in the movies, they tried to make the robot have some semblance of the original robot. Something that I know about this man right here is he's a huge Lost in Space fan. I mean, oh, I think I'm a, a huge everything sci-fi yeah, fan. I've mm-hmm. got models of the Enterprise still, just just like you do, yep, hanging around, hanging the, room, around yep. the room. Yep. But uh, yeah, I, I love sci-fi. I love everything about sci-fi. You know, from from horror and stuff, which you know, being a being a bibl- biblical kind of a guy. Right, yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, having that channel, people if they knew that oh he goes and sees horror movies <gasps> gotta stay away from him the know? antichrist right yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. There's no. some the still Antichrist is Satan. <laughs> there are still some hardcore religious people out there that really shun. Just like we were talking about religion, and I said the F word earlier, you know. So, ooh, well, you know, I'll be stuck you or whatever. Grew up in this you know? town the same as I did. Yeah. You, you know how the churches are. We live in a very conservative religious kind of a town, which is cool, you know. Yeah, it's great. In, in a purple state, mind you. But I've been to church with people that I meet at the bar on Saturday night. So, you know, it's just yeah. the way. And then they go Sunday to clear it. And that's that. If that's the way you want to deal with your religion, that's fine. It's, Just like we said, we got to get along. As to whether it's okay or not, yep. though, because if you, if you watch a movie with Michael Myers where they don't even show blood, they only imply it. Right. You know, then 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 you're worse than the devil. But if you go out and have a a, a drink, it, it's totally fine. Or, or if you get in the car and you know you get a a ticket because you're out driving drunk or whatever. Yep. All right. Well, we're about out of time, but I just want to talk, say thank you once again for uh, our Bruce McGill. Our yeah. Bruce McGill. Where do you get this book? Where can you get pick you one can up get at? the book on Amazon? It's available in Kindle and an audiobook, and so is the next book in the series, The Quest for Pandora Five, and that's where they will all be. You can also buy it on eBay, and if you buy it on eBay, I will personally sign it for you. Awesome. And send it out to you. And you're going to be at uh, Sci-Fi Barto uh, in February Absolutely. with a table signing some books and meeting and greeting. Absolutely. You did this this past Sci-Fi we did, and yep. you, you, it was a really good experience for you. We love having au- local authors and stuff. That's what Sci-Fi is about. Um, but uh, R. Bruce McGill, I know what the R stands for because that's what we used to call him back in the day. It's Rex. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> All that you said, Rex McGill, and I'm like, who the hell is Rex McGill? Well, like, now that you bring up a Rex, why can't dinosaurs clap? Because their arms are too short. No, they're dead, Sean. Ah, you got me with that. That was good, Randy. High five with Randy. Um, we also want to give a shout out to and uh, please. Come find this guy's book. It's awesome. He's a great person. Yeah, yeah how to get a hold of it. Uh, J&E Creations. I love to talk about my friends at J&E Creations that do the Sci-Fi Cup. They did a cup with a TARDIS on it uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, they could do all kinds of dime. They put the Star Trek logo on mine. Your wife just got a uh, Harley Quinn, Harley and, Quinn Joker. and Joker yeah. cup done. And I did you see the Mandalorian? The, I did. The, the, Absolutely. The uh, yeah. one that she did from uh, Star Wars. Um, put up her logo, uh, find it, order her cups. She's going to be at Batman Day, which probably by the time you see this, Batman Day will be gone. But find her on Facebook. Um, she will be at Batman Day with us at uh, Main Street Comics and Memorabilia, right on Main Street in Bartow. Come visit with them. I want to talk about S&L Restaurant up on Cumbie Road. Uh, my, it's uh, my sister-in-law's restaurant. Uh, best place to eat in town. She really supports us a lot and talks about us and... She gives me a hamburger every once in a while, so you know it's not like I need a hamburger once in a while. Um, he mentioned you ran into my good friend Thomas Galvin, uh, Chilton yeah. Signs up in Dundee. Uh, if you want any type of logoing done, get your car wrapped to look like the TARDIS or whatever. Um, he can do that for you. Um, SLS Entertainment, my entertainment company. Yeah. We're we're also a proud sponsor of this show, Sci-Fi Barto, which is February the fifteenth. 2020 that's the third saturday in february it's free it starts at 11 o'clock goes to six you can see all types of fandom our theme this year is myths and magic so you'll see anything from dungeons and dragons to harry potter there but you'll still see your superman your batman your doctor who fans it is a conglomeration of all fandom and the best thing about it 
is it's outside, out in the open. You're not in a big, long hall. There aren't black curtains everywhere. And it's free. Yeah. You don't I have mean, to pay nothing. Just come and we have hundreds of vendors that have everything from uh, sci-fi plant pots to real life-size Daleks that come. We have a car show that is phenomenal. We see the DeLorean from Back to the Future, the Batmobile, other surprises. We do a lot of theme cars. It's a good family event. Um, we have a lot of entertainment during the day. We have two stages of entertainment. It is a Main Street Bartow Incorporated event. Am I forgetting anybody, Randy? No, I think you're good. Look for us uh, for upcoming uh, um, great uh, podcasts, video blogs. We have one coming up about pets and science fiction, vehicles and science fiction, yeah. all kinds of stuff. We have one that, that's going to be dropping soon about space diseases. Yeah. That's going to be coming space up. Disease. Yeah, we did a space disease one day. We found out we didn't know much about it. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a short one, but so enjoy it for what it is. Because Randy adds all of our visuals and graphics, and it's awesome. Thank you, Bruce, for coming on the show today. Thank you, Really Sean. appreciate it. And, and uh, Randy, we'll see you guys next time on Talking Sci-Fi with just a couple guys that really don't know shit, but we're talking about it. That's so. right. See you next time.